Okay, good morning. So we are doing Parshas Va'era, Chelek Tes Zion, Sicha Gimel. Um, it is a Rashi Sicha, but the what's exciting about a lot of these Parshios is there's stories that we all know pretty well about Moshe and Aaron meeting up with Paro. So it makes it um, a little easier to just relate to the storyline and picture everything going on. Lachar Tainas Moshe Rabbeinu El Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hen Arel Ani Hen Ani Arel Svatayim Efishma Elai Paro Namar VaYomer Hashem El Moshe Ra'en Naticha Elokim LaParo VaAron Achicha Yeh Nivecha Atat Adaber Es Kol Asher Etzavech VaAron Achicha Yedaber El Paro. So I just basically read from the Chumash. It says in the parsha that. Um, after Moshe complains to Hashem and says, I am Arel Svatayim, I'm going to use... If, where, excuse me, where is it in the, in the Chumash? Oh, okay, what? I was just about to do that. It is Pasuk, Perak Vav, Pasuk Lamed. In, right. In well, we'll look at the Pasuk in one second. Sorry about that. Okay. No problem. <laughs> um, so Moshe says, so why, why don't we just do that now? Take out take the Chumash. Yavachayinu makes it really easy. Um, Paragvav, Pasuk Lamed. Moshe says, before the eternal, I have a, it's translated speech impediment, but Rashi says, Arel Svatayim means my, my speech is stopped up, um, an obstruction of some sort. So how will Paro listen to me? Then Hashem says to Moshe, look, I have made you a master over Paro, and Aaron, your brother, will be your spokesman. You shall say everything that I command you to say, and Aaron, your brother, shall repeat it to Paro, so that he shall release the children of Israel from the land. So Hashem says to Moshe, I've given you, I will give Paro over to you. You will be like a, a master over Paro, and Aaron will be your spokesman. You will speak, and what you speak, Aaron will deliver to Paro. So Rashi, Nitzatet atamilim So Rashi has a commentary on Pasuk Bet. Now we're in Perak Zion. On the words atad daber, you shall say. And Rashi says, Pamachat pol shlichut v'shlichut kepi sheshama mepi ba'aron achicha yamlitu v'yatinu ba'azne paro. And if we look at the English, each separate message once, just if you would have heard it from my mouth. And then Aaron, your brother, shall express it eloquently and explain it so that Paro will understand. Kolomer Rashi, Sover Shebe Atat Daber, Aaron Achicha Yedaber El Paro, Ein Hakavana Shemosha Yedaber Rak El Aaron, Visha Aaron Bilvad Yedaber El Paro. So as Rashi is saying, you will speak, and then Aaron will speak to Paro. So it does not mean that Moshe will speak to Aaron and Aaron alone will speak to Paro. It's clear that Moshe himself is going to be speaking to Paro despite his um, speech obstruction. So now we're going to backtrack to Parsha Shmos last week. That right after Moshe complains to Hashem, and this is... Um, um, last week's Parsha, Perak Dalit Pasuk Yud. 
So if we go over there, it says, Moshe said to the eternal, please, O Lord, I am not a man of words. Not yesterday, not the day before, not even when you began speaking for your servant, for I stammer and have difficulty speaking. As you see, the last words of that Pasuk are kaved peh kaved lashon anochi. I stammer and have difficulty speaking. So we've had this conversation before between Moshe and Hashem. Shalach na biyad tishalach. Um, and there, over there, Hashem says, and you will speak to Aaron and Aaron will speak to the nation. So that seems a little bit different. Over here, we're being told straightforward that Moshe has to speak. Um, over there, it sounds like Moshe can speak to Aaron and Aaron will then speak to the people. I to interrupt, but um, this Sikha that you sent this week, you seen you send Gimel or Dalid? Like I got, I think I got Dalid. I was um, looking at the, looking at the and now Sifa? I looked at it. What? Um, are you looking at the actual Sikha or that, or did I write that it was Sikha Dalid? Because I might have actually written with Sikha Dalid. No, I'm I've... looking at. I printed out the Sikha and now I'm looking at it, and it's not. It, this is about the Svardeya. Oh, this okay. Is, and then Sikha Dalid, so I need Sikha Gimel. Okay, so that was my mistake. Right. I'm sorry about that. Um. If we want to, I could stop the recording for one second and I'll grab the Sikha off the website unless somebody else wants to do it. Okay, so I am gonna, gonna continue from here um, and feel free to unmute if you have a question. So everyone should have the Sikha at this point. And I am, I, um, I'm at the, the middle of Chalak Aleph. So we started by saying, by comparing what's happening in this week's Parsha to last week's Parsha, where in last week's Parsha, Moshe says that it's kaved peh kaved lashon anochi, I have trouble speaking, and Hashem tells him that he will be sending Aaron with him. But it seems as if, at least at first glance, that Moshe will speak to Aaron and Aaron will speak to Paro. So Ella, so this is the fourth paragraph, Ella Shagam Moshe is a bear el Paro. So it's in our situation, it says that Moshe will speak to Paro um, one time, and Aaron will then translate and explain Zopa Azne Paro into the ears of Paro. Until it, they'll have such an impact on him that they will be able to send B'nai Israel from Egypt. They'll be able to send the Jewish people like Paro himself will send the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. And then it says in brackets, this took me a minute or two to decipher. This, this is why Rashi adds the word ear. Why does he have to say, I'll talk into your ear? We know that if you're talking, it goes into a person's ear. Despite the fact that in the Pasuk it says, it, the, the Pasuk itself, it says to Paro in a very straightforward stom, as we say, straightforward way. But Rashi uses the word speak into his ear in order to connect us to something that happened at the beginning of Parsha's Vayigash, which if, which if you recall, that's where Yehuda finally meets up with Yosef and they have this... Um, very significant meeting where Yehuda is going to impress upon Yosef 
that if you, that it's completely unfair what you've done to my brother Benjamin. You're holding him a slave. It's unfair to him. It's unfair to my father. Um, and speak to and he speaks to him in a very strong way, and in a, and his words penetrate to Yosef. So we're making a parallel here that when Moshe and Aaron are going to talk to Paro, it's it's with that strength and with that toughness and in a way that the words are really going to penetrate just the way Yehuda was prepared to speak to Yosef. As we know, that didn't become an argument. Yosef reveals himself at that point. Um, but that's why Rashi brings the word ba'azne to make that parallel. That the word should penetrate into your heart. They should really go into you. Uh, and the reason that Rashi has to explain on the phrase that's the words that he pulls out is because it means that Moshe will speak to Paro directly and not to Aaron, via Aaron. Which is different than what we learned about last week in last week's Parsha. And as well from the interpretations of others there. Which are Hem Aleph Harek Varnemar Pasuk Hakodem Sheva Aron Achicha Yehia Nivyecha Lishamma Hoser Hatora the Omerit Atata de Berva Aron Achicha Yedaber. Um, it already said in the previous Pasuk that Aaron will be your spokesman, Aaron will go with you. So why does the Torah have to go back and say Atata Daber? The Aaron Achicha Yedaber, you are speaking and Aaron is speaking. And another question, a shot question. It already said in the Torah that the two of them um, will, will speak to Paro. So it seems obvious that Moshe is going to be speaking to Paro. So because of those two, um, those two points, those two questions, Rashi is forced. So yes, Moshe will be speaking to Paro. Aval, what's unique about it? Rak pamechat, just once. The Aaron litu and Aaron will do the rest. He will translate and he will explain it profoundly, or it, in a, in a way that the words penetrate. So in a certain sense, we have our question and our answer. But obviously, that's not enough. <laughs> um, we we're asking like, what is going on here? What's different between now and last time, and Moshe will be speaking directly to Paro, but he's only going to be speaking once. The rest Aaron's going to do. Okay, so Seif Bet, but we have more questions. In Parsha Shmot, it's speaking after, it says, excuse me, after Moshe and Aaron gather the elders of Israel, Moshe and Aaron come and they they address the people and to Paro and they and they speak to um, the, the people. And this is said in plural, meaning it's both of them doing it together, which would imply that Moshe has already spoken to Paro. So that kind of changes up everything that we've said so far. Because if Moshe has already addressed Paro, so then what is what's going on here that we have all this question about Moshe speaking directly or not speaking directly? Because it seems like he already did it. Kilomar gam az dibru shnehem el Paro, which is to imply that the two of them, both of them, spoke to Paro. 
Hanemar Kodem, Lagabe Kold Zikne Yisrael, Namar Vayadabru Aron, Asher Dibar Hashem El Moshe, Lagabe Paro Namru Vayomru. So actually, when it talks about speaking to the elders, it says Aaron spoke to them, the words of Moshe. However, with regard to Paro, it says Vayomru. They both spoke, the two of them. And as we already said it last time in the previous, in Parsha Shmos, Moshe said, I have um, difficulty speaking. And therefore, Hashem already gave him the solution. Aaron will be your mouth. Aaron will be your, your spokesman. So Moshe doesn't have to explain thoroughly, and he doesn't have to go into all the details. How, and he just has to say the main point, and he can rely on our own. And he will explain his words, just like Rashi is saying in our Parsha. So then we have a question. It seems like this, this already happened before, like the same dynamic happened last time and it's happening again. That if Rashi's taking the time to explain to us that Moshe is just going to say one thing, and Aaron will translate and explain. So the Torah should have explained this the first time around in last week's parsha. That they spoke to Paro. Sorry, when they spoke to Paro in last week's in, in parsha Shmos. And if this is, you know, obvious that when they speak to Paro, Moshe says the main point, the basic idea, and Aaron explains and fleshes it out. So why is it being told to us here? And we could have just said very simply, Moshe will go together with Aaron. Kifisha Amor Rashi Batoar Lipnechan, as Rashi actually explained previously in a different Pasuk. Al Vayedvar Hashem El Moshe Val Aaron. If we look footnote number 16 in, in Pasuk Yud Gimel, Perak Vav, it says Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron. And Rashi says, because Moshe says that he cannot, that he is, uh, has a speech obstruction. So um, it, it could have just said, because Moshe is a real time, he has a speech problem. Um, Hashem gave him Aaron. It would have been very simple as, as we were, as we were told in a previous class, same way. Um, a second question, an even bigger question. This isn't the first time that Moshe has reached out to Hashem and said, I have trouble speaking. He already said, I have difficulty speaking. And Hashem already answered him. Aaron will be your spokesman. And Khan 
Shuv Moshe Oto Ta'ina. So why does he have to go back and give Moshe the same answer once again? It seems like it's the same complaint over and over again. Vimitad Shini, from another from another perspective, the same question. So if it's the same complaint or the same issue being brought up again, how is the same answer going to help? If you want to say he brought it up once and got answer A, I have difficulty speaking, he got one solution. Then he brings it up again, I have difficulty speaking, and he gets a different solution, that would make sense. But if he's going to bring up the same difficulty two times in a row, what's it going to help to get the same answer both times? Our own will be your spokesperson. So the first question over in this section is, why is it explained over here? It could have been explained previously when it came up the first time. And the second question is, why is the same issue coming up twice? And if the same issue is coming up twice, why is the same answer being given both times? And so we're going to kind of go, those questions are going to lead us to the premise that that that's not exactly what's happening, that the issues maybe aren't exactly the same uh, that are being brought up twice. The answer is not exactly the same, perhaps. And the fact that it's not brought in this section, uh, that, that, that this conversation doesn't happen in partial response is because it needs to happen here. But that's in the background. First, we're going to um, attempt at an answer, and then the Rebbe is going to obviously go a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> So, Saif Gimel. So there are people that answer the second question. That the first time when Moshe says he has a speech impediment is really just when he's speaking El Ha'am to the nation. And here, what's unique is that he's being sent to talk to Paro. And that's why Moshe comes back a second time and says, I am Arel Satayim. I have a difficulty speaking, a speech obstruction. So Hashem's answer, according to this idea, which we're actually, spoiler alert, going to reject um, or just go a little deeper then, but on the surface, Hashem's answer is, I am going to send Aaron your brother, and he will be your spokesperson. But we can't accept it. <laughs> Why? Because the first time around, Hashem actually told him to do two things. He said, speak to the elders of Israel. And he also said, and I will send you to Paro. So therefore, it's clear that the answer of Hashem, um, that you will, that he will be for you a spokesperson, was actually said to both, uh, to both things, to both situations, speaking to the elders and speaking to Paro. So we're back to square one, that we feel like Moshe has already brought up this issue in the same circumstance. Another reason we can't accept it, bet. A few psukim later, uh, if you want to look in last week's parsha, it's it's in Kav Aleph and Kav Bet of Perak Dalid. After it's already been agreed upon in Parsha Shmos in last week's parsha, 
um, that Aaron will be your spokesman. That it says in the Torah that Hashem said to Moshe um, clearly, you will return to Mitzrayim, and you will um, speak to, and you will go in front of Paro, and you will speak to Paro. And at this point, when Hashem tells Moshe to speak to Paro in Parsha Shmos, when he's on the way and he's on the he's on the donkey with Sipora and his son, um, he doesn't say anything back. He says, "Okay." He doesn't say, "I have difficulty speaking." It seems to be saying that he understood that despite the fact that he's obligated to speak to Paro, as it says, the Amart, meaning he really has to speak directly, not like when he spoke to the elders where really just Aaron speaks, he can also take Aaron as a spokesperson. Um, that he understood this, this was obvious that even when he has to speak to Paro, he can take Aaron. So we're, um, so we haven't really answered the question. We've really actually just made it um, a little bit more, a little bit more deep, the question, why is it being said here and what's different in this situation? So now that we understand that we must be speaking about something that's distinct, now we're going to actually ask four questions on Rashi's commentary on this pasuk itself. If you look back at the at the pasuk at the Rashi, atad um, you should speak one time um, each message as you heard from my voice. And Aaron, your brother, will translate and explain to the ears of Paro. So the Rebbe is going to ask four questions on that Rashi. Now that we've already, the backdrop has already been um, been set, that there is a lot of question as to why, that that even though we don't know yet why, there, there must be something very different happening here than what happened in Parsha Shmos when they were commanded to go. And Moshe also then said he had a speech impediment. So. So in addition to everything that we've discussed thus far, there are four questions that we have on Rashi. Aleph. Okay, it's understood that Moshe is going to speak briefly, just the basic idea, and Aaron is going to expand upon it and explain it. But why does it have to say that Moshe is dafka specifically one time and not more? What's significant about him speaking just once? That's question one. Why one time? Question two, bet. Madua medayek rashi ve'omer pam echad kol shlichut v'shlichut. Lichora matim yoter lomar kol tzivui v'tzivui. Kilashon ha-Torah es kol asher etzavacha. Why does he use the word shlichut? And again, it's probably not the right thing to do to editorialize or to try to jump into um, why the Rebbe chose this Rashi, but I was sort of wondering if maybe the word shlichut being used over here caught the Rebbe's attention and that's where, but this is just my own thought. So why does the why does Rashi use the word shlichut? It doesn't seem to be the right word. Um, it should have it should have said sivui command. Instead of saying each of my um, 
messages or my message means my messengers um, one by one, but rather to been each of my commands. Just like the Torah uses the phrase as kol asher etzavecha, that which I have commanded you. Question number three: Hamilim kefisha shemat mepi in your oat lichara miuteret vekiyamar Moshe lepar dream sheinam kefisha shemam Hashem. Why the additional words? Just as you heard from my mouth, that seems to be like, extra words. Um, why and would we even assume for a second that Moshe would say anything that he didn't hear directly from Hashem? And the fourth question, why two terms for what Aaron's job is going to be to translate and to explain? Now, I keep using the word translate, which is different than explain, um, but actually that's not how it's translated in the, in the basic translation of Rashi. It's actually plans shall express it eloquently and explain it. So Para will understand, which basically seems to be the same thing. So just to reiterate these four questions, why does it say that Moshe is going to speak one time? Why does it use the strange word shlichut when it should have used the word command? Why would we, why does it tell us that Moshe should say exactly as Hashem said? As, would we even assume Moshe would do different? And why are there two terms for Aaron's job? So Saif Hay. So now we're going to understand exactly how to answer those four questions, and we can understand our bigger issue of what's the difference between what's happening here and what happened in Parsha Shmotz, when Moshe was also commanded to go, and he went with Aaron, and he also said, I have a problem with my speech, and he was also then told that Aaron will be your spokesperson. So we're going to understand all of Rashi's diukim, all of his little points, when we can understand what's different in the answer that Moshe gave here versus last time. The Parsha Shmos, who Omer, in Parsha Shmos, he said, Kaved pet kaved lashon anofi. He said, I'm going to just translate very literal. Um, my mouth is heavy and my and my speech is difficult or, or heavy. But here he uses a different phrase. He uses ani arel svatayim, which Rashi explains as atum, like my, my speech is stopped up. And according to Rashi, those two phrases, kaved lashon, the kaved pe, the kaved lashon versus arel svatayim, they're not just two phrases to mean the same thing. They actually mean different things. What they mean? So, like he said in Parsha Shmos, my speech is heavy, um, and my 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 mouth is heavy. Rashi bekvidus Rashi is saying with great difficulty I speak, which means kolomar who misuga l'daber. I'm fortunate to speak. Aval bekvidus, but with difficulty. Vibekoshi. And with challenge. The ilu al arel spatime. However, Rashi explains the phrase arel spatime quite different, differently. Masbir Rashi, atum, it's spatime. My, my lips are stopped up. Satav atumot. The zohi hafra bedibor. That I can't speak. There's like an obstruction. There's a problem. And that's, and that's what's happening. So those are two different things. One is I can do it with very, very big challenge. And the other is, I can't do it. 
And this is what's unique about the second um, Taina, the second uh, complaint or issue that Moshe brings up. In the beginning, Moshe thought of himself as just having difficulty speaking. That he could, but it happened with great difficulty and challenge. Therefore, it's enough to take Aaron. In order for him to explain and expound upon and to um, you know, flesh out to Paro at the word the, the brief words of Moshe. But now it's descended into a much different place, a much more difficult, a much more challenging situation of Arel Svatayim. Hadibur Klal Neni Efshar Etzlo. This speech is completely impossible for me. I'm not able to do it. Ki'ilu haya atum, like stopped up, as Rashi says, obstructed. And therefore, don't send me to Paro. Because even more so, it's not just that I won't be helpful by, by standing in front of Paro silent, I'm actually going to cause damage. Paro is going to think silence is, a, is an agreement. That, and he'll he'll like as if I agree with him and he'll make the work even harder, etc. Um I just want to share a little anecdote. Sometimes if my kids are, are being a little like funny, they'll ask me something, and before I get a chance to respond, if you don't say anything, it's as if you agree. So there is this idea that being silent is a is sort of a, a form of a showing a form of agreement. Um so Moshe is saying that if I'm going to stand silent in front of Paro, it's going to be, he's going to, it's actually going to weaken the whole thing. It's going to look as if maybe I don't, I agree with Paro or Hashem. Therefore, Hashem says to him, you will speak. This isn't just a command. But this is a promise that you will, that you will speak. So even though you are arel spatayim, you are obstructed, you are stopped up, Hashem is promising you will speak. I think that's really powerful. And I'm going to break a rule here and just give a personal anecdote. I remember one time when um, I was in the middle of labor and I, I said to my midwife, I can't do this. <laughs> And she said, you are doing it. So I'm not going to pretend that's the same situation. But this idea, Hashem is saying to him, it's a promise. It's not, you must go do this. You will speak. I'm, I am a real time. I'm totally stopped up. And Hashem says, you will, do, you will speak. You will speak. So now we see that they are two totally different situations, a very, or very different situations from last week's Parsha to this week's Parsha. Over there, he's saying, I'm speaking with difficulty. And here he's saying, I, I, I can't, I'm at tomb time. I'm, I'm stopped up. I can't speak. Lachan medayek Rashi. Now we're going to answer the question number two, which was why does he use the word shlichut, uh, a messenger, um, as opposed to the word command. Lachan medayek Rashi, Omer kol shlichut, This is why Rashi uses the word shlichut. 
Um, in order to point out that what Moshe is going to do is not going to come from his own kaychas, from his own strengths, from his own personal abilities, but rather because he is going on the the, the message, the um, messages, the the um, the job of Hashem. And this is what, um, and this is after what Rashi's already told us. I am Hashem, and I will send you, and you will keep, and you will do the the job that you were sent on. It's enough that I am the Mishaleach. I'm the one who sent you. And that is enough for you to be able to fulfill the mission. And therefore, um, you will speak, and this, this speaking is because of the mission that you've been sent on. Because I am sending you on this mission, you have the strength to fulfill this mission. So it's a promise. It's not just a, a demand or a command. So Saif Vav, we're going to start by answering the question number one. We, we asked four questions on Rashi. So the first question was, why does it say Moshe is going to speak once? What's specific about him speaking one time as opposed to just speak a little bit? Why does um, Rashi say one time you will fulfill the mission just as you heard from my mouth? So the intention of Moshe going over to Paro was not just to explain to him ideas, but rather to do the mission of Hashem. Moshe Hashem. Moshe was the messenger of Hashem, El Paro, to Paro. And he's there, he's standing in, he's filling in for the for Hashem himself, the Mishaleh, the, the one who sent. And therefore he has to say exactly, exactly the words of the Mishaleh of God, and only one time. Exactly as he heard it, in, in the exact same style and in the exact same way. So that actually answers question one and three. One was, why does he say it once? And three was, isn't it obvious that he would be saying exactly what Hashem said? But the point is that it's not that it's just that it's obvious, but this is the way it has to be because Moshe is going in as a shliach of Hashem. And through this, we have another question. Okay, so what language did Hashem speak to Moshe in? In Hebrew, in Lashon HaKodesh. And since now we know Moshe has to say word for word verbatim exactly as he heard it, he's going to have to say it in Hebrew. As you heard from my mouth. And Rashi already told us in Parshas Vayechi, that Paro doesn't know this language. So how is he going to understand it? 
Okay, this leads us into the answer to question number four, which was why do we have two terms for what Aaron's job is going to be? Therefore, Rashi uses two words. Yamlitu, similar to the word melitz, means translate. Yatinu means explain, because he has two jobs. He has to translate from Hebrew into um, the into Egyptian, and he has to expound and explain. So the word yamlitu means the translation from one language to another. Rashi, as Rashi explained, as Rashi explained before in a previous parsha, al that the translator was between them. This is referring to when Yosef is meeting with his brothers. As it says, when they were, as it says, between them, there was a translator who knew both um, the Hebrew language and the Egyptian language, and there was a translator between them. Therefore, Aaron had two jobs. Translate from the language that Moshe is speaking in, and bet He also has to clarify and explain the meaning and the connotation of the words in order that it should be um, acceptable or to be understood. It should penetrate into the ears of Paro. So we answered the four questions on Rashi. And we shed light on the fact that after a, a long buildup that the situation in Shmot and Parsha Shmos was different to the situation in this week's Parsha. Now we're up to Se'ib Zion. Lechora Adayin lo barer. So the Rebbe still has something to question on. Can you imagine? <laughs> if Paro doesn't understand the words of Moshe, what's the point of him speaking anyway? And what's special about what, uh, and through this, what what's special about what Moshe is doing? To understand this, we can look at the words in the Rashi on the Pasuk before, where it says, um, Netatiha Elokim Laparo. I will make you um I will make you a master over Paro. Shofet Virode the Radoso Vimakot Vyasurun. You will be like an enforcer, you will hit him, you will punish him, you will be um completely in charge of him. You will completely intimidate him. Kilomar Matara Sibro Shal Moshe El Paro, Lohaita Lishno Bidvarim Hegyonim, meaning what Moshe's accomplishment here is not just that he's gonna subjugate Paro, he's gonna um, intimidate him through logical statements, etc. Kedoma, Vizahaya Tafkid Aaron, Varon Achika Yinviacha. This is actually the job of Aaron, that he's the one who through his words he's going to um take control of the situation, he's going to be in charge of Paro, he's going to um, be the master of Paro, but rather, what's the role of Moshe? But rather to be an enforcer, 
and to be to be um, intimidating in in his presence and who he is, not in what he's saying, but in in his entire presence of standing there. So Moshe has to say to Paro in complete forcefulness, send out my nation. And he's going to see the, the tsura, the form, and the facial expression of Moshe at that time. And he's going to, and Paro is going to understand what's going on. And that this is, that this is, that this, that they mean business, that this is tough and this is very serious. If you've ever heard someone speak in a language that you don't understand, you might be able to sometimes pick up on their emotions and what's going on and how intense what they're saying is, even if you don't understand the words they're saying, just through their, their body and through their, their language. So imagine in the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu standing in front of you, even if you don't understand the words he's saying, but the way he's saying it is a pretty, when you just take a second to imagine what that could possibly be like, it's a pretty powerful thing to think about. Moshe Rabbeinu standing in front of you with all his might and all his force doesn't even matter. Even if he was speaking English, I don't know if I could understand it. <laughs> so struck by Moshe Rabbeinu standing in front of you. So now we've kind of gone through most of the logical steps of the Sicha, but we have the Yenei Shel Torah, of course. So we have Se'ib Ches. The Yenei Shel Torah, the Perish Rashi Zeh, on the wine of Torah, the deepest parts of Torah on this Rashi. It's, it says, Behold, I have placed you a master over Paro. Muzbar b'sifrei chassidus. Chassidus explains, Kasher klipus, klipos hatuma, tkipos, ein afilu koach l'hachnin. So when the impurity of klipa takes over a person, um, even a tzaddik doesn't necessarily have the power um, to surrender to, um, to, to, sorry, to subjugate, to, to um, control the situation. As Maimur Chazal says, Rasha If you see an evil person and but the hour is good to him, al tizgarabo, do not tease him. Meaning, don't engage. You see a, a Russia and he's like. He's he's just doing everything seems to be going his way and he's just doing like the the most the terrible things but it's but it's working for him and it the is a like the 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 it's going right for him don't engage altis garabo natun rak this is really only for Hashem only Hashem can can penetrate such a difficult situation Shafil the Russia shahu Kol Gea, because the Russia is totally arrogant. Yetachen Sheva Hashvilus, the Hachneo, the Hadach, Rashim Tachtam. Even a tzaddik can't really overcome him. And the Klipa, only Hashem can, can, can destroy uh, impurity in a Klipa that that's strong. So in general, that's a that's a general statement from Chazal that when you see somebody who's so wound up in such horrible activity, there isn't even there isn't anything human can do. It has to come straight from Hashem. This is the meaning of the Pasuk that Hashem is saying to Moshe, I will, Paro obviously being representative of a Russia who's completely and totally bound up in, in evil and 
I would imagine, extremely arrogant. But this is why Hashem says to him, I will make you a master over Paro, even though normally this isn't something, this isn't the way of nature. Amnam Paro Haya Adain Bimelo Koho. Paro was so powerful. As we know, the state the statement is that not even a single slave was ever able to leave Mitzrayim. However, despite all of this, Hashem gave Moshe the power that you will be like a, a lord, a master over Paro. That you can speak to him forcefully and as if you're going to be hitting him. You can intimidate him. This man who was probably perceived himself a god was the most powerful person politically, at least in the world at the time. So this power was not an ordinary person. It's not like uh, some other leader of the Jewish people could have stood up to Paro. This was a power that was given to him specifically to Moshe. Because he was the leader of the generation. I am standing between you um, and Hashem in order to, to tell you the words of Hashem. As we've said that from the, the mouth of, of Moshe, the words of Hashem literally poured out. It was as if there was no filter. And therefore Hashem gave him this power to be intimidating, to be an enforcer, to be one that could that could hit and that could create difficulty for Paro himself. And then the brackets. Now we can understand why Rabbi Shimon Bayerchai, the Rashbi, he said that it's okay to uh to interact with evil people. Even in this, in, in their time when things are going well for them. Because the Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Yerchai, was a spark, had, was, a, was the Moshe of his generation, was the leader of his generation. As we know that he had the ability to subjugate to take over, to overpower evil people, even when they were at their full strength, at their full capacity. So this is the inner, the deeper meaning of these ideas. Of why did Moshe himself have to speak to Paro? It wasn't enough, the words of Aaron. We needed the Moshe of the generation. We needed the leader of the generation to do it who was given this power, this godly power to be um, forceful over Paro, that and even though he was speaking a language that Paro's not going to understand, he had the responsibility to break him, to, to overpower him when he's at his full strength, not when he's in a vulnerable point. Therefore, it could only be Moshe, couldn't be anybody else. And bet, this is not about elevating, this is about breaking. Overpowering. And therefore, it didn't matter if Paro was going to understand his words or not. He needed to break him.
Tzif tests, Arel Svatayim. Sorry. Lefi kol ha'amor la'ayel. So everything that we've discussed so far. Muvan madua omer Rashi, shemoshe tzarich lahavir as divrei ha'kadosh baruch lu rak kefisha shemat mepi. That Moshe had to bring, had to say, repeat the words exactly as he heard them from Hashem. Hakoch lishpor es klipos atuma in order to break up the um, impurity. Kasher han bimelo otzan because Moshe was the shliach, the messenger of Hashem, and through this he's revealing the great, he's, he's able to act with the greatness of Hashem. Therefore, you'll speak exactly as you heard from my mouth. As we've heard the we heard, as we've heard this concept before, that the Shekhinah, the aspect of Hashem, will speak from the will speak from the throat of Moshe, meaning that the words that come out of Moshe, it's like it's as if there's no filter. It's like Hashem speaking directly. So now we have another question. So why was he told to do this now? After he says, I am stopped up, my, my lips are, my, my speech is obstructed. Why did Hashem wait to that point to give Moshe this, this instruction that you are going to be my shliach, that your words are going to break paro, that you're gonna uh, have this sort of godly strength to what you're saying. It says in Chassidus that previously when Moshe was in the, the stage of, it was difficult to speak, that Moshe was um, was was um, nullified to godliness in a way that he wasn't able to um, have an influence in that way because when something is involved in expelling, it doesn't absorb. That's the the rule that's brought over here. Um, that comes from halacha, that when something, if you think of like a sponge, while you're squeezing out the sponge, it's not also absorbing water. It's one or the other. But when he gets to the next level, so when he was like, it's difficult, so he's using his energy to speak. It's, it's a challenge, it's difficult. But now when he's saying I'm stopped up, it's impossible. That's an even that's an even deeper level of being totally and completely given over to Hashem, nullified or battle, as we say. It's even more battle than the than the stage of it's difficult for me to do it, but I'll, I'll overcome the challenge and I'll do it. When he was on that stage of difficulty, a dying no ter dibor. He still had the the ability, the um he still had the ability to speak and to have influence. It wasn't completely and totally given over to Hashem. 
But when he says, I'm a rel satayim, I'm stopped up, this is completely nullified. It's completely and totally given over to Hashem. There's nothing about it that's him. It's like you completely can't do something and all of a sudden you can do it. It wasn't me. It was, uh, something came over me, so to speak. He had to be on that level of arel satayim, completely, totally given over. He's orus milamata, an arousal from below. So that in order to be able to be the master over Paro, it had to come from, from a place where he was really, really given over to Hashem. There was no even hint that it was him, that it was coming from himself. And he's at this... Um, level of nullification, that there's no feeling that it's him whatsoever. And he had to be on that level that the Hashem was speaking through him, that there's no trace of his of his ego, his, his sense of self at all, in order to subjugate Paro. See if Yud. So why didn't Moshe speak to the Jews this way? Why is this incredible, uh, this incredible state that we just described, or he's totally given over to um, Hashem? Where it's like, why is this reserved for Paro? Why not the Jewish people? So now we have a question. Why does Paro get this privilege that he gets to? Uh, to hear from Moshe, and but the Jewish people, when he speaks to the Zikne Yisrael, that comes through Aaron. It says, "Amnam bnei Yisrael lo hizdaku lakach beod asher hapnat paro haytam ufechet lehiasot beemsaut kochel shamosha." So bnei Yisrael did not need this. In order for him to subjugate Paro in this way, he needed that motion that that strength, and the parentheses, simply said, Yisrael are believers and sons of believers. And the words of Aaron were enough. Because he was giving them the words of Moshe as Moshe heard from Hashem. And right away, they, were, they believed. But Paro was not on as high a level as the Jewish people in that sense, and he they, he needed it to come from Moshe. But still, that's Rebbe saying it's not totally clear. Why doesn't seemingly B'nai Israel have this great, um, amazing experience of hearing straight from Moshe? When Aaron would give the words to the Jews, the words of Moshe to the Jews, it was like um, a transition, like um, a garden hose, like it just goes right through, the water goes right through the hose. They were getting Moshe's words, it was through Aaron, but there was no change whatsoever. The Yerida Biglau Hamimutsa, and there was no Yerida, there was no downgrade because of the, the translator or the, the one speaking. 
Kishem Shemoshe Kibel Torah Misinai, the Masara Yeshua, the Yeshua Zakanim, as we know from Pirkeavos, Moshe got the Torah from Hashem, and he transmitted it to Yeshua and Yeshua to the elders. Shelamarocha Torah Avram Mispar Mimutzaim. So as we know that the Torah went from level to level or from person to person, but it's always still considered Torah Messinai, no matter how it's transmitted, or how many times, as I should say, it's been transmitted. As the rabbis say, even into the future, what every teacher and student will come up with a novel idea, a new concept that we haven't heard before, this was given to Moshe at Sinai. The Ilu Etzel Paro, Elohaya Dibrusho Moshe Magia Elav Rach Bemsut Aaron, Haya Hechrach Sheyutsevebo Shinuim, the Ofen Shell Heat Love Shoes, the Koko Shom Moshe Hechrile Hachni Paro Haya Haserbo. However, when it came to Paro, yes, Moshe speaks to him directly, but it comes only when he's with Aaron. It has to be drawn down, and there are changes, and it has to be, he has to translate it. The power of Moshe was needed to subjugate to break Paro, um, but it's 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 a it's a hayachaserbo. Um, that was not in Aaron's words, but we needed Aaron to explain and to translate and to change the words when he's speaking to Paro. But when he's speaking to the Jewish people, that's not what's happening. Therefore, the psukim are written differently. When it's talking about the Jewish people and Aaron speaking with Moshe to the Jews, it says he will be for you a mouth. But when it's talking about Aaron accompanying Moshe to Paro, it says Aaron will be your spokesman. So it's a difference between my spokesman and my mouth, right? He was his mouth. He was, that was it. And the words of Aaron were on the same level of Moshe. They just trans like, like water going through a hose. It just went from one to the next. But not so with Paro. Aaron's your spokesman. As we already said, he's going to change the language. As Rashi explains, he's going to translate. And when something goes through a translation process, and anyone uses Google Translate here for different uh, different things, it changes. It changes the word. And it has to do with the person that's that's hearing it, the person that's that's receiving it. As it explains in numerous places um, elsewhere. So what's the lesson? Because now that we got this whole deep understanding of the difference in this Parsha and last week's Parsha, the two aspects of Moshe, difficulty speaking, unable to speak, the role of Aaron. We can't walk away unless we have a Horah. Horah hanela medet mikach levodas Hashem. What is the lesson in our Vodas Hashem? Haprati shalkol echad ve'echad, my personal for each and every single one of us. Latim nimtaim hanefesh elokis begalus. Sometimes a godly soul finds itself in galus. It finds itself in exile. The nefesh of Bahamas within the animal soul, within the body. Until the point where, as we said about the Russia, like it's going well for the, it's going well for the nefesh of Bahamas. It's going well for the animal soul. 
klipa hutumahi b'matzav shel gasus shemagbia atzma shel or kedushas nevesalikis. And the powers of impurity, the impurity is in a is in a stage of strength, as it says. Um, it just totally covers up the godly soul, covers up the light of of the godly soul. And the animal is doing great, has a good job, it eats well, it sleeps well, it exercises, <laughs> takes care of itself. Hapitron lekachu naticha elokim laparo liritatok makos viasurin. So, what's the solution to this? You were given the power to be the god of Paro, sorry, to be the lord of Paro, the master of Paro, with, with strength and with, with enforcers and with a fear of punishment. That it has to be the way that the, the person will force upon himself the Yetzir Tov, will force it upon the Yetzir Hara. The good will force itself upon the evil. And with all its strength and all its might, it will say, you are bad, you're evil. And this is what's going to break the klipa. This is what's going to break the impurity of the animal soul. As explained in Tanya extensively, that through, through being tough, through that, that, the, they're, they're, that you can be the Lord over the evil. You can be the master over the evil. You might have to be tough. You might have to break it, but you can do this. And how can you do this? Where do you get the strength, the power, the ability to do this? To subjugate the animal to, to being the one in control. This was given to you from Moshe Rabbeinu. You will be the master over Paro, you will intimidate, you will force him, you will be his master. And this power is given to every single Jew. As it says, every single soul from the house of Israel comes from the level has within him, excuse me, the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, Allah HaShalom. We all have a spark of Moshe within us. How much more so? And how much more so does this strength and this ability exist amongst the leader? The Nasi is like a general soul for the entire, for the entire generation. So as we know that Moshe had the strength to overcome Paro, with, with, with threatening and intimidation, even when he was at his greatest point of power, therefore in every single generation, that the leader of the generation, Shahu that, that the, the leader of the generation is referred to as the Moshe of the generation, has a spark of Moshe. He's, he's the, um, the head of the generation, every single generation forward. So that leader has the power to overcome and to override all of the difficulties and all of the troubles and bring out the, the, the holiness uh, that is hidden. And we can do this even when it's uh, the greatest 
when these when these difficulties and are at their greatest strength, they can be overcome through the leader of the generation, who is the Moshe of the generation. And to wrap up the final Sa'if you'd bet, Zoe Gam Hachuva Latina Hanishma Ot, Kevan Shanim Saim, Bechoshech, Kaful, the Hamikubal Shadra de Ikba de Meshika. This is the answer to what you might hear on the street, the talk on the street. Here we are in, in the doubled over darkness. We are in the generation that's going to bring Mashiach, the, the last, excuse me, the last generation before Mashiach, a darkness that's doubled over. It's, it's a very hard time. And, and, the, and the troubles and the difficulties are as strong as, the, as ever. How are we going to carry out the demands of the Rebbeim? To carry out, to bring, to spread Hasidus and the ways of Hasidus in every single place. And especially places that are totally dirty and, and disregarded. I don't mean dirty physically, but totally just totally impure and unholy. How in the world are we supposed to do that? Um, and, and people speak this way. And how are you going to do that? And how are you going to go out there? And how are you going to have an impact? And how are you going to help people? And to the point where they actually prevent and delay it from happening. What's the answer? We have to know. That a spark of Moshe exists within each and every generation. And even in our generation. The last generation before Mashiach, the Adaraba, even more so. The Nisham is the souls of our generation, the one right before Mashiach. They are on the level of a, of a Gilgul, a soul being recycled. Of the Nishamas of the door of the generation of the desert. As is, as is known, that many of the same things that happened in that generation, we 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 experience in in our own in our own ways in this generation. So therefore, through this, if we connect ourselves to the Nasi Hador, the leader of the generation, as the Rebbe points out. His the Frieda Admor. He's referring to his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe. Don't be nervous. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated from all of the difficulties, from all the challenges. Because he has the power of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he's Gaber Alehem to overpower them, to conquer them through forcefulness. Okay, but now we're going to get to what we were, I don't know if anyone was thinking this, but it has to be in a way of in a way of peaceful, in a way of pleasantness. It's not just, we're not going out to fight. We have the power. We have the power to be on top and to be in charge and we're we're forceful in that sense, but how is this achieved? Through Darche Noam and Darche Shalom, ways of peace, ways of kindness, like the will of Chach Admor, like the will of the Friedrich Rebbe, Kefisha Hu Bikesh Ma'aviv, 
as he asked his father, the Rebbe Rashab, Admor Marashab, Nishmas Edem, Shenisiyoto Tiyeh Bechesed Uberachemen. He asked his father that his Nisiyas, that his um, time as a leader should be in a way of chesed and rachavnen, of kindness. But one note must know, when you are connected to the nasi hador, and how does somebody connect to the nasi hador? By learning his Torah, punctiliousness um, on his tikkunim, on his, on what he asks us to do, on his requests being careful to fill his request properly. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be intimidated of. There's nothing to be set back by when one is connected and one is one learns, not just connected like, oh, I feel connected, I'm gonna sing a song, but I learn the Torah of the Nasi and I carry out his requests carefully and with details. And just like Moshe was able to subdue the um, klipa, the impurity, the, power, the, the negativity of Paro, and he took out all the Jews in Megalos Mitzrayim from the exile of Egypt, beyond Rama with a strong hand, they just sneak out in the middle of the night. So too, right now. Without worrying about all the difficulty of the of the exile, Yotzi Moshe, Moshe is going to take us out of the Gullus right into the Gula Ha'amiti, Rama Mamish. It's going to take us out of this exile completely and with strength and immediately and in our days. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for your you. patience. Thank you. Sorry very about much. posting the wrong sikha. I hope it wasn't too. Um... Thank you so much. Thank you, Tippa. Very clear. Thank you. Very, Thank you. very, very. Thank you, Tippa. Thank you, Tippa. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate it. And again, sorry about posting the wrong sikha originally. Thank you very, very much. No worries. Beautiful, Thank beautiful. You. Thank you.